1: What's up and welcome back to the kind of funny screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and Egg. I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Bear Courtney. Tim, what if it's just us? What if it's
2: just us? We should separate so we can double our chances. It's so good. It's <laughs> really so quick, before, good. before we get into it, because uh, of course, like we've been saying, another <laughs> banger episode. Um, by this time next week, mm-hmm. everybody, I'll be a changed person because by this time next week. I'll have gone to Disneyland for the first time in 3 years and I'll finally get to go on Rise of the Resistance. I am ex- I'm so uh, excited for you. Yeah. I'm so uh, the last time we went was November 2019. So literally 3 years ago as of this month and it was for our engagement photos at the time and we gone we had gone like I think Rise of the Resistance was opening at Disneyland in like 3 weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was uh Alyssa had gone a couple of times after we had gotten our engagement photo, so she's been on it a couple of times, but now mm-hmm. I
1: finally get to experience it. I get to do it, and I can't wait to talk it's the about it. Best ride
0: Disney's week. ever made. I'm, I'm best best so, ride excited, so, excited so
1: excited for everybody involved in this. Uh, I got to. I didn't do Rise of the Resistance with him, but I did get to enjoy Galaxy's Edge the best way possible. And that is with the one and only Anthony Carbone. Ooh. He's not the S There it is. <laughs> I
0: no. Put Barrett's head back up there so he and I look like an Olin Mills portrait of two baby brothers. Put it back up, you coward. I dare you. Um
1: how you doing, Carboni?
0: I'm so good. This show is so good. This show is absolutely amazing. I can't wait to get into this.
1: Yes, and joining us it's the return of the queen sage ryan sage how are you doing and who's that little buddy you just showed
3: this is ghost i'm here with my cats i'm Aww. in my new streaming setup oh so Ghost, he, like he does
1: he does, he like- does. He kevin has a kitty like
3: refusing to look at the camera um i'm so happy to be back and i'm so upset that of all the time that we have spent talking about star wars together so little of it has been this show i know uh but i survived utah uh, I survived a studio. Very move. little,
2: very few people can say that, yeah. that they've survived Utah. So
3: true. Uh, and actually, when you drive Boston. into Utah
0: on the interstate, it says "Welcome to Utah." No one gets out alive. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Uh, what if there are only two of us that got out of Utah? <laughs> 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 And I survived binge watching four episodes of this show back to back to catch up. Oh
1: my God. That must, okay. We're going to get into that because I need to get your thoughts uh, on all of that because it's a lot to take in. But real quick, want to get through the housekeeping, everything. First bit of housekeeping. Shout out to Anthony Carboni for giving me this jacket. I was talking about it on Games Daily, but I love that I'm the jacket hand-me-down guy from Carboni and it's 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 the best, best thing ever. That's not
0: a hand-me-down. I got that specifically for you. It's celebration. Well, I appreciate that
1: even more. I appreciate that even more. Um, and also, I would just want to give a major shout out to kevin who has figured what? out the tech to to make big head mode bear. no I, this is my head <laughs> what, what are you guys talking but about like, this people is like, in the chat noticed oh really people did, did notice people did notice it. so I, i'm excited <laughs> go out of it <laughs> it's so unnerving. I love <laughs> it so much. Uh, also, all of this crazy stuff is possible thanks to your support over on Patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, our Patreon producers over there, Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Hillary Bernard, ID Raven, Immersion Fragrances, Delaney Twining, Christopher Rodriguez, The Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC Clan, Corey Turnipseed, tall Eighty One, Trent Berry, Joseph A. Carlson, Tranquil Uranium, Macro, 1UP Pest Control, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, Colin Huguenel, and Carrie Palmer. will tell you all about the rest later because there's been so much of you supporting us thanks to the launch of the studio thank you for your support everything's been fantastic this is our show kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in tv movies and trailers uh we've been doing our weekly breakdowns of andor i know a lot of people are starting to watch this show late due to the word of mouth of how good it is so people are going back finally i'm getting the tweets that people have been watching um the show We've been doing every episode, so you can go—mostly. You can go back and, uh, and check them out, um, and that's a good time for everybody. YouTube.com. No, we, we got to I'm every e- episode saying eventually. It go for it. Come I'm on comfortable
0: in. saying it now. Best Star Wars show.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, yeah, I don't even yeah. think that's a question. Well—
2: yeah, I, There are other shows that I would say are more closer to my heart uh, yeah. on the animated side, but like mm-hmm. quality, yeah, quality, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, um, I
0: had to think about it a lot. But I, this week after watching this episode, I was ready to say this is my favorite Star Wars television series.
1: Hell yeah, yeah. it's it's utterly fantastic. We're going to get into all of that. Of course, you can go to podcast services, ser- search for screencast we will be right there for you as well. If you wanted to check that out. So all of that out of the way, Sage, I want to start with you. What has been your experience with Andor the last couple episodes? Because last time we talked, we hadn't even talked about the heist or anything. So you, we're going to no, so,
3: Yeah, the last time we talked, I think I was only here for the first three, wasn't I? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, because then you were doing studio moves. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a very different show when last we spoke. And it was already a very good show, but it was like an unrelated show. Like I don't know her at all. Uh, at this point in the arc, I picked up at seven and I watched through 11 because I caught up the rest of it. And um, it was very interesting because as soon as we started going back to like, oh yeah, his mom and like that storyline, I was like, right, that's the same show. Yeah. Oh my God. Because it was like, I took that gap in between. I was like, oh right, the first three episodes. We haven't always been in heist mode. Right. Um, So in one sitting, essentially, I got through... Heist, I got through prison. Oh, <laughs> it's been that's a lot so... to do in
2: one sitting emotionally. That's an imagine. emotional so journey, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, I definitely did cry, um, on two occasions in watching it. Um, I cry, I cry every time they show that droid. That's just a damn, oh, droid. oh, oh and it's we're gonna talk about him again
2: today because Jesus to. Christ,
3: yeah. So, today's episode made me cry hard, uh, mm-hmm. for it. And also, hold on, I'm gonna pull up some names because Mr. Uh I Run the Prison Line, hell of a speech. Candy oh. circus. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: so many speeches in this actual, show. Actual
3: actual name, yes.
0: <laughs> K- Kino Loy, yeah.
3: There we go. Oh, there's Kino Loy,
0: like who this. can't swim.
1: Oh, so sad <laughs> I can't swim.
3: Okay, we'll get into all of that. Overall, this show has been incredible. I've had a wonderful time watching it. Um there. I'm so grateful to live in a time where we've expanded upon the Star Wars universe in such a way that for the first time ever, it's like, it all makes sense. Uh, and I know that a lot of that is because of correlation to our world and because of how many like uh, things that they're using as parallels that you're like, oh, I see how these things start. I see how these things escalate, but getting down to these levels within it, uh, I feel like they've so successfully filled in so many gaps in not story, not plot holes, in how the world works in Star Wars. And that's been Mm -hmm. magic for me.
1: Yeah, I I want to jump in real quick to talk about my thoughts on this episode. Mm. Because last week, or a couple weeks ago, after we saw the heist, I was like, I don't know how they're going to maintain this, how they can up it. Then they did the prison stuff. And I'm like, there's no way they can up this. Mm. There's no way they can keep this going. And admittedly, I don't think anything's going to top the prison stuff. That, to me, is just top, top, top tier. Yep. But these motherfuckers, these Tony Gilroy's out there. And he's like, you know what, Tim, I'm up for the challenge. I'm going to do the one thing that you personally could possibly want more than anything. And that's just make Top Gun Maverick in Star Wars because when you look at this episode, there is just so many Top Gun Maverick moments where we have the, the they get up the cliff, there's the aliens there, they see the ship, and they're like, uh, run! I'm like, yo, this is straight out of Maverick. And then you get the end of this episode that is just the dopest dogfight we've had in Star Wars percent. Rogue One, probably? Like, yeah. oh my god,
2: incredible. I, 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 would, I would personally put it above Rogue One just because of just, like, oh. the moment-to-moment action in that
1: scene. It's short, but it's utterly fantastic i I love it the way they build it up the scale the beauty of it all like oh my god such such an exciting scene
0: our dude who runs the antique shop just collecting kyber crystals and making a
3: lightsaber ship
2: yeah what
3: bananas Bananas. thank you you
2: so much oh shit
3: Y'all just got a Starbucks delivery? Yeah, we did. are tired. You studio. know what?
2: Okay, here's the thing. We have to stay up till midnight to watch this fucking show, which <laughs> is great, great. But let me tell you, staying up till 1.30 in the morning, like, watching this and pausing and taking notes and then watching on my PS5 so I can wear the headphones while watching on the big screen to not wake up my wife and then, like, trying to, like, rewind. Let me tell you, this thumbstick on the PS5 controller does not like the Disney Plus app because I swear I push left and then it's like, oh, you want to go 10
1: seconds forward? And it's like, no, that's not what I said. Disney Plus, figure out out. the scroll bar. Come on, guys. It's not that hard. It's not. Netflix has it down pat. Anyways, Carboni, what do (laughs) you think of this episode?
0: All right. um, This episode. Okay, first of all, first of all, here comes my controversial opinion (gasps) about this episode. Y'all are going to be against me I'm not convinced Marva's dead. Still.
1: Oh no, I'm not against you at all.
0: I I'm still I'm not you. convinced that Marva's dead. I th- I still think she was faking. I think that the fact that it's called Daughter of Ferrix, like I totally understand that it's because oh she died and now everything is is coalescing around Ferrix. I think she's alive. I think she's running some shit. At least I want to believe
1: that. So so real quick, I'm like B two. I'm like B two, like man. I'm like I'm sitting there in the <laughs> I'm house. Ready. I'm like she's not gone. She's not gone. <laughs> It's, it's interesting because I I wasn't fully into your, like, I didn't believe your theory last week about it. And and with this, I'm not so sure the way that this show treats death, especially when we saw the prison break and, like, one shot, one kill. Like, these motherfuckers are dropping dead. Like, there is not, like, plot armor for these people. The fact that, like, they we saw a body, I'm like, yo, she very much could be dead because that's the tone of the show, but we didn't see her body. And I feel no. like they wouldn't have not shown us it that way if she was actually dead see for for me
2: personally right it was one of those things where i i took it as they they didn't show her body to kind of put us more into the shoes of Cassian as much as they could while still having to show everything that's happening on Ferrex, uh where it's just like you don't get to have that moment with her because he didn't Mm -hmm. so that that could
0: absolutely go either of those ways they've been very very clever with it yeah very clever but i'm telling you i think she's out there and i think she's important she knew she was being watched the whole thing the whole thing of what they of what they do on ferricks uh bur- like burning people and then turning them into a brick it's like oh so there's no evidence come on come on yeah. come on yeah i'm just saying i don't know but i'm just saying
1: yeah Bear, what'd you think of this one uh,
2: I thought it was great. You know, uh, of course, it was not uh, the the same energy and bombastic uh, kind of episode like last week was. And we, we really needed that. We needed to take a, a breather, especially now that we know with everything. Like, a lot was built up in this episode to build to this funeral that's happening as the finale, right? Uh, where it, it all seems like it's going to come together. Where Kazian hears about it. You figure he probably wants to go home to say goodbye. Everybody assumes he's going, right? But then like what how is that all gonna blow up in everybody's direction? Uh and I, I thought this was a, a fantastic let's take a moment after everything that just happened in the prison break and let's reset everything Get the pieces up again. In place. Cause like the the prison arc, right? It, it felt like mainly that, and then every once in a while, you're getting check-ins with Mothma, with Luthin, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this felt like the the proper like Okay, what are they actually up to right now? Let's get full-on uh, scenes with uh, Luthan checking in and with uh, with Saw. Um, <clears throat> more stuff with uh, Mothma and uh, Vel and Mothma's daughter, who's in a, a weird cult uh, and, and stuff like that. I, I thought it was, again, another killer episode. I can't wait and uh, to see what they do uh, next week. And just to see where it all ends. Like, next week is the finale. Yeah. And I, I it's one of those things we say it every week where it's like, where do they go from here? And like I'm, I'm gonna trust them at this point to like uh, fucking nail it and land, yeah. stick the landing here. But like I'm still, uh, I'm just excited of like, all right, we know there's gonna be a funeral. What's gonna happen there, right? And so, yeah, it's another pa- uh, fantastic episode. I, I can't wait to to get into the details here.
1: Sage,
3: I I gotta back up Anthony's theory. I also think that maybe she's not dead. I don't know. They're being kind of sus about it. Um and. This show takes every opportunity to break our hearts, which is always my complaint about Rogue One. Rogue One didn't take the opportunities to hurt my feelings that I believe it should have. And this show has taken every single opportunity to hurt my feelings successfully. So to not (laughs) see Marva die is very strange to me. And maybe that is, maybe that is where it's just like, hey, in this world, we're telling you that sometimes shit just happens and it's not in battle. It wasn't in fight of the rebellion. The empire didn't do it. Sometimes people just get sick and they die and it sucks. Um, which also would be very on brand for the show. I agree. But there was a couple of things in the way that they alluded to it and the way specifically the droid is acting that I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I think that there might be something else there. Um, I don't know what that is, but there has to be some elaboration on what she was doing with the rebellion. And we haven't gotten that tied off yet. And then not tying it off would surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I mean, for the show, for this episode, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the emotional, um, like aftermath of the big events is exactly what this episode was. Uh, So much of this show has been huge event, consequences of actions that people believed were good. And how much are you willing to sacrifice for what you believe to be good? And at what point is it still good and not just anti-evil? And right now they're sitting in that. Okay, we did this massive prison break. How many people died? How many of those people? Uh, That guy, just because he couldn't swim, we don't, we literally might never see what happened. We don't know. Um, Could these probably thousands, I would guess, of how many people were kept on this prison overall have just swam out and straight up died? Uh, Those are those kind of consequences where it's like sometimes shit just happens and sometimes you make the wrong choice or sometimes you make the only choice you have and there's consequences for it. So I'm hoping that's not the choice for Marva and she doesn't have to be alive but I do mm-hmm. want some kind of like, what the hell was she doing? We know she was working with the rebellion. What what was it, I guess, yeah. is my question.
1: Carboni, you're about to say something? Oh, no. Well, well I'm I'm just I want to then shout out Maude who continues to crush the show, but I love that uh, her storyline is always, to me, the perfect kind of like, Breathing moment to like go away from like the a plot and like we get to her and I love how much they've just kind of been building this foundation that it now feels like a plot like it feels like every mm. storyline in the show is equally important whether it's Luthen Mon Mothma or Andor how they all kind of interconnect even all the Ferrick stuff mm. I just love that it we they hit that point of it all weaves together yes. but her having the line of I'm I'm in so much trouble fell yeah and like just seeing oh. it on her face and like her explaining it all it's like damn like I just love that the show grounds this stuff and we always use these words to like describe like oh it's not just all the high fantasy like space stuff star wars lightsabers and the force and whatever it's like oh these are real people with real issues they're going through mm-hmm. this speech to me is the like perfect evidence of that And like there's for a show that's had so many great monologues i love that this episode we got one from mon we got one from um the uh i forget her name it starts with an l but luthens um or no it starts with a C. Luthen's assistant oh, um, person, Clea. Clea, her just going off like I. Oh, just, dude, no.
2: that was the other quote that I was like going back and forth of what to start with today. I don't have lately. I have always. Have always, yeah. bro. Yep. And you really feel that, like it, more so than Luthen. I think I talked about this uh, a week or two ago, where it's like you feel like she's more in control of like taking care and making sure all of these different rebel cells are like doing their shit more than he is which is like, you, I, I love that they're they're sticking with that because it's awesome
0: i i started this show worried about you know what where why we have never seen Luthen before and thinking to myself by the end of these two seasons Luthen clearly meets his end and what's going to happen i am now worried about Kalea, who runs mm. the rebellion as yeah, far as i'm real. concerned
2: <laughs> and I, and I honestly think uh, if we're talking theories and stuff, I think it will be something regarding his actions that gets them both, uh, both killed for sure. I mean, he um,
1: has to have his downfall, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like he's kind of right now getting to play the, the one in charge and like the one that's like always like one step ahead. He's the one willing to sacrifice the men. Cause he's not the one being sacrificed, you know? Oh, and also yeah. Saw Gerrera getting him again oh! exactly like we were asking for i love it man the whole scene there the way luthan talked to him the the back and forth calling out the two tubes guy of like yo he's my man on the inside he's like bro what are you talking about the sick ass black x-wings oh my god uh, as, what a scene as, sorry I've been so paranoid
0: ahead. so paranoid always saw saw Gerrera. and luthan just using that just you're willing to burn him and if it were me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
2: get I, him. As the resident Sagarera on uh, uh with this Star Wars crew here, this was oh. a good episode. This was a really good scene because I, I liked how much even just Luthen's actions here really helped cement his kind of mental downfall of, like, not trusting I, anybody, even people he is operating with, of just, like— the, the mind games that Luthan has to play with the entire Rebellion as a whole and with him kind of making the decision his, and he knows he's going to make the decision to, like, not tell Krieger about this whole thing and let Krieger kind of go down with the ship in a way, uh, but just how that plays into when you see him eventually again in Rogue One and he is fully splintered off from, like, what the the Rebellion becomes, right? You understand of, like, yeah, I get it. I get it, and I, I love that we see more of because Luther tries to kind of put this decision on him him kind of being forced to <clears throat> think of the ways that he was trained once again by like uh anakin and obi-wan and stuff mm-hmm. back from the the clone so Wars. i'll say
0: i'll say two things about this number one you're not the only saw Gerrera hater on this panel so Stay true So
3: true <laughs> also dislike
0: <laughs> saw Gerrera um you Why? all come like around
3: that?
0: <laughs> you will all come around uh but also i will say oh, for some even as somebody sure? who loves <laughs> even as save somebody who loves saw guerrera save the trees <laughs> i will say it seemed weird during this episode where he goes oh it's for the greater good and, and Luthen goes we'll call it call it what you want and he goes Let's call it war, and then he looks into the camera and says, "Star." It's Star
1: Wars. (laughs) I thought that was a little weird.
3: I want you to know that out loud. Watching this episode with someone, I made that joke. Yeah, I (laughs) mean, it's. I love. I love that they they, did did that. that.
0: (laughs) I absolutely said the same thing out loud the moment he said it. He said, "Let's call it war," and then I was like, "Star Star (laughs) Wars."
1: I was too tired uh, to make that joke in my head. Yeah, I I love (laughs) that this show, uh, like in the complete opposite of that joke. Okay. does a couple things that are i think really interesting in terms of like adding new elements to star wars that we haven't seen really where we get uh mon mothma's kid kind of in this like religious situation going on which oh, like Leda wants to be a trad wife that's like a chandralin thing like so all, that, what is that, that about? I, thought
3: that I wanted was to super circle back cool. to that too, um, because I think in general, Lady's whole storyline is very interesting, and uh, you know, Barrett was like, "Is it a is it a cult? Like it seems like she's in some kind of cult. Like it's very paralleled to a lot of the like movements right now from like." conservative white women of being Mm. like i want to go back to when we didn't have bank accounts that was cool i bet it was awesome and this like romanticized idea of like a lack of freedom and uh rights like human rights um and there is an actual movement of people specifically like white women in the united states pushing for that like back to traditional values Mm -hmm. that's like horrifying and absolutely like a a misinterpretation of what that experience was like for women uh and b just like an an absolute fuck you to everybody and everyone else um so there's a level of that that it's like it's not quite a cult it is this like we want to go back to the traditional values of their planet which obviously we saw like mon mothma We know about now her arranged marriage from it and all of these things um which is very scary and weird but it elaborates a little bit for me because i kept being like we know her daughter fucking hates her like we know mon mothma's daughter hates her and i was like i get the interpretation from that that it's just because like her husband hates her and he says terrible things about her and she's much more like her father and Mm -hmm. they have this like alliance against her and have made her like the villainous bad parent but this piece of that expanded on that for me where it's like, oh, you not only like just align with your father and dislike what you consider to be the strictness of your mother, it's this weird like your mother's the progressive and the child is this weird conservative. Yes. That's yes. a weird, scary storyline. It's very when Mon
0: is like, When Mon is like, this is the only thing she shows up on time for. Yeah. It's like- and she, and as she's doing the chant, she's looking, she's looking Mon straight in the eye, and she sees Mon Mothma drinking her, drinking her wine, and like, just trying to be like, I have to let her do this because she loves doing it, and she hates me so much already. But like, what do you I do? Friends. And we've talked, we've talked a lot about how like, yeah, a lot of it is paren. Kind of poisoning uh, Leda against Mon, but a lot of it is also that, like between between the Senate and the Rebellion, Leda's right. Mon Mothma is not around, and it seems like Mon Mothma does not care about Leda. She only brings Leda around for government things, and so from Leda's perspective, and it's you know it, we know that it's because Mon Mothma is fighting for the greater good, and we know how much Mon Mothma cares. But you can see where, from the point of view of a teenage daughter. It's like she is absent and she is cold and she only cares about her job. And so I'm going to rebel against that. Um, That's
3: a very interesting point because rebelling against that is if we had traditional values in where women weren't able to be things like senators, for instance, my mother would be here. My mother would not be busy with her job all the time. mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's it's crazy. And like and it's I love that Vel is like, wait, I didn't even know we were doing this again. And like to your point, Sage, it's like, oh, no, it's become very trendy again. And you think about like, oh, yeah, because fascism. Yep because fascism is on the rise
1: yeah it's like that's the thing is like the culture of it all all where you know forever we've seen there's the rebels there's the empire but now getting into it and it's like there's the force and the jedi and like it's religion in some ways to some people and all this i love the idea that there there has to be other sides and like we see the the extremists of the rebels right that they built up with guerrera over the the movies and shows and stuff but to now kind of see the like realities of what the the fascism of the empire would yeah. do the the to extreme coruscant,
2: the man. extremists that aren't just Palpatine right yes. and and are just people right the,
1: the just the people and I man the, the just the way that we've learned so much about the coruscant culture. Of uh, the 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 rich people that we haven't really seen before. And I, I, I just appreciate it. Like whether it's the costuming or just the way they interact, like all of the uh being married off and like all of that, just like layers that I never ever expected to get into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I do love like when you talk about those those layers, we're also because of it, we're getting deeper character layers too. The the conversation between Vel and Mon after this after this happens, where I mean. Mon Mothma is nearly in tears, ter- telling Vell what she's had to do to fund this. And Vell's realization that Aldani was the reason that finances got tightened up and the reason that Mon Mothma is now under even more scrutiny than she was before and that Vell is directly responsible. And then you see Vell run to Luthen's shop and be like, yo, we've got to move now I did all this for you. Like, Vel is getting desperate because not only has she been separated from Sinta, right? She is now being told, like, what you did has caused the Empire to come down on your family in a way that is going, that honestly is unavoidable at this point. But it, it also, it also makes me think, like, Vel asks, like, hey, are you thinking about, like, accepting offers for her hand and
2: Mon Mothma's
0: like, uh, kind of. And last week we were like, she would never she would, do it, yeah, right? Yeah. She's thinking about it, but she would never do it, right?
2: Yeah, and it, like, and she needs uh, someone like her cousin to come in and be like, yo, you're in too deep at this point. Like, the, the, what this is doing to you and your livelihood and your <clears throat> just like your mental capacity to be able to handle all this shit, like it's destroying you. And like that, yeah, that scene with. Uh, Uh, talking like uh, them talking to each other you just really feel more so than any other episode before the ground just crumbling beneath beneath Mothma's feet and like you were saying earlier like how this kind of turned from like a a, a d plot I I do think it's going to be it's risen to be kind of the main thing because I do think whatever happens with Mothma as her public figure and stuff like that is going to be the center of like the explosion whether it's Next week's episode or uh, very early on in season two, like that's going to be when like, shit really hits the fan is whenever Mothma has to go either into hiding or publicly be like, yo, fuck y'all, I'm out. I'm going to go hang out with the Rebellion kind of shit. And yeah. it's, the it's, second, it's so good. The,
0: the second season of this show, it's called Andor, but the second season of this show will be about Mon Mothma yes. equally, mm. equally if not more than Cassian. You know what I mean? Really Cassian's yeah. like once we once we figure out what's going on with Cassian and the last ties he has whether like Marva and Bix and mm. B2 once we figure that stuff out which I think we will by the end of next episode yeah. because we know next season is skipping every every episode's going to be a year or whatever. Um, we know where Cassian is heading, right? At this point, it's like, it's almost like a casino royale thing of like, we're just going to watch Cassian become a spy the same way we watch James Bond become James Bond. That's yeah. a pretty interesting story. But I think the more interesting story in season two is Mon Mothma giving up her reputation, her, her wealth, her position, her station, everything her that family. she apparently, ran, her family, yeah. everything that she ran away from on Chandrala she has to go through a downfall to become the figurehead of the rebellion. And I think that's going to be such
1: an interesting story next season. It definitely is. Before we get to you, Sage... Real quick, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Remember, you can go to Patreon.com, so that's kind of funny, and not have to hear these ads. Just like more of our Patreon producers, Skylar Peterson, Casey Andrew, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Casey Kern, G. Greg, Trevor Starkey, Adam, <laughs> Jacob Moilfelt, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mintel, The Mind, the mind freak. freak, Jordan from Kansas, Cameron Bose, Jake Holbs, David Huzenga, Jerkachu, Molecule, Nathan Lamoth, Monica, Boominlog, and Delaney Twining have done. But for everyone else, here's our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use, right? Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app that we love using that takes care of that for us, and it's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. Funny. cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. We love Shopify here at kind of funny because we use it to run our very own kind store Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted, so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify has got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify you will too when you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight do it with shopify the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe go on try shopify for free and start selling anywhere sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kf games all lowercase go to shopify.com slash kf games to start selling online today shopify.com slash kf games shout out to policy genius for sponsoring this episode life insurance is the type of thing you never hope you need but the reality is mortgage payments payments child care and other expenses don't disappear when you're gone and since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age now's the time to buy policy genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price with policy genius you can find life insurance policies that start at just 17 dollars per month for $500,000 of coverage and policy genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. And we're back sage you were gonna say something
3: i had a question for y'all actually mm. i want to theorize we don't do it too much of but we don't know a lot about mon mothma's family from the previous contexts correct do you think dead or just Ooh. separated because they're like we're with the imp- empire get wrecked mom i would imagine I think that it-
0: I think it's separated. I think I think that's I think that's more heartbreaking. In all honesty, yeah. For them to they just yeah. against her
2: to, for them to dig in their heels more of being pro empire and all that stuff. I, I I don't think Vel. I think Vel is another one though that I don't think makes it out
1: alive. Oh yeah, I don't think she can. Yeah. Right. I feel like Vel, we, There's these characters that I mean they can ride around this and they have before, but I do right. feel like they're introducing characters that like. Are, they're making so important that they have to die before a certain point, or else mm-hmm. we would have known. And like,
2: them. especially of like with the implication, because people know that they're related, right? That like, yeah. if Mothma fucks off and stuff like that, people are going to be like, "What's up with you, Val? What's up with your a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty, no, that's tricky.
3: tricky. That's tricky. I noticed I know. This, I know family people,
2: though. I was laughing when we came back from ads because. Tim sprinted onto the set. Yeah, that was doing the to...
1: countdown. we back in five. I thought we had a whole minute left, so I was like, "Oh damn!" Well, we we made it, everybody. We out here. Yep. Uh, um, go for it. Corbin. Talking
0: about family.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Let mean, talk about B two. Oh. We got to
1: talk about B
0: two. <laughs> we have to. We got to talk about Bix. We got to talk about the people that are still on Ferrix.
3: Cool.
0: B two as the character that can express the emotions that marva and cassian cannot express towards one another has been ridiculously heartbreaking but was so heartbreaking this ep- this this episode barrett over the break you said it was it was like a pet and it, and it is it's very much it's a mix between a pet and then also the son or the or the child that is able to be in touch with their emotions about losing a parent that Cassian cannot be in touch with, and to watch B two be like, well, I could just stay here, and and maybe you could stay with me, and we could just we could just wait here. It was just, it was the Futurama dog episode all over again, yep. and I just couldn't, I yep. couldn't, I was, I was like, every time B two was on screen, I was like wiping my eyes. It was rough to watch.
1: It, it was rough, rough to watch. It was. I was a, a, a known B two. Hater. I won't say hater, but I'm gonna say doubter. Like, doubter. I was okay. a doubter in the okay. earlier episodes. Um, and I mean, uh, ah, yeah, he won me over here, uh, like clearly. Like this was such mm-hmm. a, a scene-stealing performance by this little dude. I know. And I, what I love about it is, Carboni. I think you made a really good point about, uh, like what this did to contextualize, um, Marva. That's her name, right? Marva. Yep. Not just as like a mother, but as a mom, right? Like as mm-hmm. as like it's like the the house and home type thing, but it's like. It's not just, oh, by default, you're the parental figure. It's, like, it allows us to see her as, like, oh, like, she's such a loving, caring uh, presence in Andor's life as well as this little dude's life. And um, it was just so beautifully done. And, like, it really – it was a tough, tough thing to watch. Uh, to
2: uh, Now that we're talking about the, the, the family dynamics and stuff like that, to bring it back a little bit to the theory of Marva still being alive or not, I just – for me, again – being a doubter of her uh, still being alive, just the, her quote from when they say goodbye, when he's trying to like fuck off and go to space, Miami, she's like, I'm staying home. Uh, like one of the last things she says to him is that's just love. Nothing you can do about that. Um, I've never loved anything the way I love you. And again, as a storyteller, Knowing Tony Gilroy as a a storyteller, I feel like that's the most heartbreaking way for them to say goodbye and not be able to say anything else to each other ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe she's still alive, but I I I feel like that's still going to be the last scene that her and Cassian share together Mm. uh, for sure. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. B2, y'all nailed it with just like how heartbreaking it is to, to see this droid perform in a way that no droid has ever performed before. Uh, it, it, Yeah, it was, it was a lot to take in at 1245 in the morning.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bix we see as well. Um, and what I love is like Krieger for a character that like, we don't know. And like, honestly doesn't matter too much to us is so instrumental in so many things. Seeing number one, what, uh what these months of being held in that hotel or or apartment building or wherever she is uh, by the Empire and the the Gorst interrogation technique and like what it's done to her was like intense. But also like that, I want to give a shout out to this performance moment when she sees the hologram of Krieger and she has this like so many conflicting emotions of like, they didn't get him. They still- they still haven't gotten him and like, she wants to show like a little bit of relief, but she can't because she knows like, she can't really honestly answer or dishonestly answer this question. Like you see in her eyes that she wants to be like, Oh yeah, that was the guy
1: you got him. It's the reverse psychology, reverse psychology thing of like, what move should I do right now? And there's no right Right. answer. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, and one thing that's awesome is like from a storytelling
0: perspective is they show her up against the wall and all she can think about anymore like, she can't even think anymore. Right. And so, like, the reverse psychology, reverse psychology, like, we we in that moment have to wonder if she even has the capacity to pull that stuff off anymore.
2: Right. That's And um, that's how I took that scene. That was, a, like, where she doesn't answer. I took that as, like, she can't, yeah. you know? Like, she is so far gone from this. Like, she's able to process things. Uh, 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 again, you see a little bit of, like, uh, a little bit of tearing in her eyes and stuff like that. And, yeah, but to be able to think on that capacity of, like thinking five moves ahead right i i, I don't think uh, to me just because of how much she's probably
1: gone through she can't even think on that level it's just wild I... to me how much this show this season so far has kind of taken a lot of our criticisms of rogue one and just been like well this is how they should have done it and i feel like this is another example of the Borgullet gullet stuff where it's just like this is the right way to show this type of torture scene from all this. I, what if I originally made sense? was
0: like, Why do we need
1: a gorst when
0: they have a boar gullet? <laughs>
1: no. but,
0: but they could have just they, they could have brought discovered out a Borg a Borg the Borg gullet. gullet,
1: yeah. They haven't discovered You're it. right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but but going right. off of that a little bit more, like I, I you know, we, the things that I appreciate most about the show have been the things that were hinted at in some of the movies that like were my things I liked most, but then we didn't get enough of them. Uh, an example being, we talk about this a lot, the, the canto bite scene where it's like the, the, the X wings and the tie fighters are made by the same people. Like that whole idea was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's super cool. we kind of see a little bit more of that here, but even the idea of like uh, Finn being a stormtrooper and then the blood on the, the helmet and like looking at it and like, Oh wow. They're going there with this. Like they're actually showing the, like the, the, the death of this and like the, yeah. the, I mean, the blood even is just like such a thing. But it, they never really took that anywhere. Like they kind of okay. hinted and played with it just a little bit, but they didn't really do anything. This episode starting off and having um uh Andor and Melvin. Mel she. Mel 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 she. <laughs> yeah. My boy Melvin, Melvin um like <laughs> desperately clinging yeah. on and he's like his skin it, it, like ripped and he's messed like, I can't up. move my hands anymore. Oh, it's so real. Again, and again, oh, I, no, I, I hear the
2: the scene needed someone yell t- to yell from below climb oh my god
0: that's that's very, <laughs> yeah, very funny They had to say climb yeah yeah they didn't, that's surprising they didn't say at this time but, but because they their were feet. showing it
1: yeah they did they just showed it man seeing their their feet how messed up because they didn't have shoes like all that stuff and then to then see this torture scene of how bix is like i i don't know that i've ever seen somebody that i believed has been tortured for as long as it seems like she has with that performance than we saw on this like yeah. the makeup the performance from her incredible incredible stuff yeah, Save, yeah you, I think rumors. you were gonna say yeah. something about Said.
2: the interpretation here
3: yeah I mean with the big stuff a like like you were saying a huge shout out to the makeup department on that the 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 way that they changed her appearance in that was so distressing to look at and her performance was absolutely incredible but the thing that pit like puts a pin in it for me of what her capacity could be or what she's clinging on to and making these like if she can make these decisions at this point is one of the last like scenes where we saw her speaking was her saying you're not gonna believe me either way are you Mm -hmm, and she was like no i guess you're right so there is no point in bix cracking like she's going to be killed either way she's going to be tortured either way and she is so certain of that and you could see her give up in that moment and be like well then this is what it's going to be and i don't see any reality i mean losing the capacity to think and speak and uh lie for instance Mm -hmm. is part of that but like That's there for a reason. And to me, that line is there because that's why she has not continued to try and fight her way out of it. Mm. She's just like, all right then. And like that is helpful to everybody. She's cracking and she's given some information, but to some extent, she's held on to a lot as well. Oh, which I think is very interesting. Also, I think it's talk about B2 emo. Go for it. (laughs) God, B2 is so wonderful. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a hot take. I think. might be best droid i'm gonna take the original trilogy out for like nostalgia reasons because like once you start factoring in like your nostalgia for r2 and things like that it's tough but um i prefer b2 to k2so
2: i understand that i think there's more of an emotional punch with uh with b2 uh compared to k2so forget someone in our chat i forget who it was had the theory that um Maybe i'd like the... to have a word okay if I may. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about your bias uh we'll talk about your bias him. soon oh, yeah. with you know sharing the same name as the actor who plays c3po but um the a theory that b2 like they're gonna transfer him b2 into Snoke? uh k2so um, oh
0: they're gonna millennium falcon him yeah. i don't think that i don't think that's it. i don't i don't that I think that seemed
1: like a tony gilroy thing to do yeah but i'm gonna be honest he could pull it off. Yeah, he could pull it off. <laughs> um, a, a, my counterpoint would
2: be uh, BD One, and I just love that little guy. And uh, he yeah, also he, he also goes on a very emotional like journey and arc along with Calcasus. So that, that would be my my counterpoint. But
1: honestly, you make a good case. B my, my yeah. two. About well. the hot takes is that like I again B two won me over. I feel like if a droid can talk, it's cheating. And look, maybe that's a dumb thing to me, but I stand by it. And sure, he stutters a little bit, but he's still talking.
3: Okay, but then then how do you like like human characters, Tim?
1: No, but I'm, like, I'm saying we're talking about the droids here, and I'd rather if humans just beeped, too. Wow. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, A lot of droids talk, though, Tim. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's, I true. Know. That's not cheating. They cheat, too. They cheat, too. That's all that I'm Literally, saying.
0: Oh, Literally, one of the first droids we ever see speaks uh, 40,000 <laughs> <laughs> languages. And he's not my favorite.
2: Choose my boy. A funny <laughs> so
0: you're, you're saying Are you, just, you like okay. the
2: astromechs that don't talk and just people yeah. that's out.
0: what i'm saying you're an astromech fan okay mm-hmm. is
3: your not favorite droid, droid then the one who you know hatchet behind the back in obi-wan
1: yeah well i was a, i was a, yeah, see i was a bigger fan because homie didn't talk wow that's... and look i'm a fan of the ones that talk you're... i i don't remember her your name droids L...
3: be seen, not heard is so weird L-
1: Elso or whatever but from uh um from solo Loved her. Thought mm. she was fantastic. <laughs> K2SO, obviously great. I love them, but in terms of, are they my favorite droids? No, and they cannot be, because they speak. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
3: Weirdest talk, Nayan. Really, qu-
2: really quick, because before we get too lost in the weeds on the, the droid talk, and before we talk about my, my man Cyril Figgis here, uh, I want to bring it back to the very, very beginning of the episode, where, you know, they, uh, they're they climbing and then they see the the quad jumper. They see mm-hmm. the guys over there, and I'm like, all right, we got to go steal them. And then they get caught by like a weird spider, spider web, web thing. net thing that looks just yes. so moist and gross. They
0: and... call them
1: squigglies. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really. They gross. come out.
0: They come out like all like slimed looking, like yeah. Ghostbusters slimed looking, but only just so... a
2: little bit too. And that was just like, ugh. They're gonna Melshi. As we know, winds
0: up in Rogue One. We're very excited that Melshi, that they have this backstory between uh, Cassian and Melshi, but right. the owners of that of that quad jumper which of course is a is a ship that was introduced in the force awakens and we haven't seen much of so it was exciting to see the quad jumper uh the quad jumper if you remember is the ship that looked better than the millennium falcon exactly (laughs)
2: um well not that it looks better but that it was less garbage of a ship than the millennium falcon
0: that's what i'm saying it's like you look at the two of them they're like oh that's the one that's going to get us places and i love that but these two uh these two beings are Karadians, um, and uh, one of the Karadians that is there that's I said "Ak, That guy is gonna wind up a partisan. He's in Rogue One. He's with Saw Guerrera, the one that's like pontificating oh. on like, oh, the Empire comes and they ki- and they ruin the water. Your prison ruins everything. And like they, they don't speak enough, uh, they don't speak enough of the language to understand like what's going on. And it's like, oh, is this guy gonna kill us just for knowing the empire? Yeah. And then it's like, no, turns out I hate the fucking empire. We all do. We that's don't eat rad. food anymore because the water's poisoned. By the way, in just a few years, I'm going to be a partisan. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's okay. I,
2: I, When I saw him last night, I was like, why the hell do I know this man? Why do I know it? Like so familiar looking. And uh, that's a good call it's, out there.
0: It's the uh, it's the goggles that he has on. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So which cool. is also why it's called side. Of
2: course. Um, of
1: course. <laughs> so it's fun to see them. The guy, two tubes. Like that's just his <laughs> two names. <laughs> Two tubes, what? baby! He has two tubes. Yep, yep, He's got yep. two tubes. Good for
0: dude. for Luther just being like, yeah, it's two tubes. And two tubes being like, what, what the fuck, fuck Doc?
2: <laughs> Killer. So good. Um, I want to talk about our boy Cyril
1: Figgis here. Because he gets a phone sure. call uh, late at night. Which, I gotta say, probably my least favorite part of the show so far. Really? The oh, way this phone like call this happened, it, it just, the quality level of it just seemed like a different show. Mm. Like, I... The fact that he just gets like a broken up Facetime, like something about this, I was like, I feel like better. the the
2: the guy who's playing the the maga hat space maga hat guy is definitely. It, it didn't feel on par with like the the rest of the performances and stuff like that, and I think it was just maybe a, a scene that they knew they had to to write in that maybe just like wasn't a part of his personal like framework. It, it did feel a little off, but like for for storytelling and stuff, I did like it. Of like he's hitting up. Anybody he oh, yeah. knows that might have, like, an insight to, like, what the hell is going on with Andor and stuff like that. So I, I liked that, you know, again, with the, the ripple effect of, of Marva's, you know, supposed death, right, of just, like, yeah. how that's reaching people and stuff like that. And, again, kind of, like, building up to whatever this thing is happening at the funeral uh, next week, which I'm, I'm really excited for. Um, and i
3: know tim you're not a fan generally of the comic relief in these shows and that makes sense like especially for this show comic relief is very strangely placed what it is is those first three episodes had a good amount of that humor and that tone of this maga hat guy when we were focusing on cyril's story and we were focusing on did you raise your collar and all of those like humorous moments like dark humor for these like weird kind of nazi dudes um we've moved on so far past that at this point in the series that's what i'm saying is like those first three episodes feel like they were a different show now so that weird kind of getting pulled back into it personally I enjoyed because I was like, oh, right. In the beginning, this was fun. <laughs> we're not having fun anymore. Everything's terrible yeah. and like worse. But there was that moment where like for some people, this is still fun. And the way that he still enjoys this of like, yeah, my buddy's down here. And this is like an exciting, like it is that like MAGA hat dude like thing. Like QAnon, like, like oh, we're hitting oh, up each
2: other on forums and stuff. Because my friend mm-hmm. in the, this exactly.
0: uh, thing
3: like
2: heard How this and stuff deaf. like that. Yeah.
3: And, and so, I do so honestly death of him.
0: I thought it was I thought the bit where like they just couldn't hear each other I th- I like if you've got to give me exposition like that. I love that they at least tried to make like a bit out of it. And I laughed a couple times where it's just like, no, I'm still here on this. And it's like, oh my God, just tell me the one thing you need to tell me. This is so frustrating. Yep. And I just like that everything in Cyril Karn's life is just a little frustrating yeah. all the
1: time. Because <laughs> he deserves it. it. His mom is just like kind of out there listening. He's like, get out, mom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and she's Yo, still talking shit to him I too. Know, and she's great. like, you're obsessive. Uh, uh, and it's like, Lady, do you know the serial killer that you're raising here in this Dude, in, the, in this son that you have? Like, come on, have some e. more artists.
0: Edie Karn's bedhead was so funny, and it yeah. was one of my highlights of the episode. Um, I do want to say like, one of the la- it seems like one of the last uh, sequences we haven't touched on here is uh is Luther and Luther's run-in with the Empire. Uh, and how honestly Luther gets close. Yeah, like Luther gets close to getting uh, so that's a uh, the ship is a Cantwell class arrestor. It was um it was not created for Solo. It was actually something that was created for the original film that wasn't used. But the uh, the satellite dishes were obviously repurposed for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the crew was making Solo. Uh, they took this original uh, art from the first film which was made the the guy's name was was Cantwell and so they named it after him oh that's cool uh, so that's a Cantwell class arrestor and if they had if they had thought immediately that Luthen was a problem they could have blown Luthen out of the sky with like one shot there Boy. are like cannons that that arrestor has that they can power up that would have gotten him um but I just I love that Luthen has, like, a Batman slash James Bond car in the oh door.
1: It's the coolest thing ever. And, again, going back to the Top Gun Maverick stuff, it's, like, with the, uh, like, the chafe st- stuff that they they drop back. It's, like, the, I love that he used that where it's, like, he threw the shit into the tractor beam to, like, speed it all up and, like, explode. <laughs> yeah. But, Carboni, what you're talking about here of, like, they could have done that and just taken them all out. I What I love so much about this show is we're seeing the Empire, whenever we get— like just a group of them on the bridge, and they're all just kind of talking to each other. They don't know what they're doing. Like oh, yeah. they're like, <laughs> "We should have trained more on this. Like, we need more practice." Like, yeah, like even when the number, figure- like the the
2: ID checks out, and it's like, "All right, so we, we let him go." And it's like one of those things that's like the back and forth where, like, in that moment where the ID checks out, and it's like, "Oh god, he's preparing to run away." Now he's going to definitely look guilty and shit like that. But then the officer is like, "No, we need to train more." So like we're we're like we're just going to like have him go through the process, and it's like, "Oh fuck, no, he should still like run away and stuff like that." And then. The back opens up and just the way that front dish just tears apart so is mm-hmm. some of the coolest stuff we've seen.
0: So the um, that sort of shrapnel thing, uh, we, we have seen it before in the expanded universe, uh, but it's generally accepted that it's very expensive uh the reason why that shrapnel why every smuggler doesn't have that shrapnel is it's incredibly expensive and so the idea is that luthan rail is like really the only person that can afford to have this basically space tugboat Mm -hmm. tricked out like this uh the droid that's it's called the fondor droid because there's like no other droid that has the capabilities or or anything like that uh by the way shout out to david w collins my boy, who is the voice of the Fondor droid. Um, But the things that it can do where it's like, well, let's prepare these countermeasures. Like every time you release that shrapnel, it's probably more than a smuggler makes in a year, but it's what you need to destroy a tractor beam. Uh, The idea that he has like probably access to Kyber or something else that he can burn through to give his ship Dual
1: wielding Darth Maul, like the, uh, seven the Iron Man kind of thing, where he's got oh, them in man. the wrists and Dude, stuff like that. He straight <laughs> up did a barrel roll with lightsabers to destroy the Tie fighters, and then immediately hyperspeeded out. I was like,
3: "What are we doing? This is so no, it's cool. ridiculous, but it's so cool! Oh my it's god, so it's so cool. good!" <laughs> Um, and
0: I love that it's being done in a show where every time somebody does something like that, there's discussion of how much money they're spending, right? Yeah. So it's like every time Luthan flips this switch, it's like, fuck, I got to sell another piece of, like, the fucking original Jedi Temple or something. Shit, like, we got to do another all. God. Yeah, um, I also... Wanted to point out when they do the Alderaan code, there's a 2505 in there, which, of course, is May 25th, which is the original release date of Star Wars. Of course, of course. So it's always fun when they throw those things in with the numbers.
2: I think the last thing we really have to talk about then, everybody's finding out about Marva's death, and the show ends with Cassian finding out. In the most yeah. just, like, heartbreaking way, man, where he's calling the buddy that he was trying to, like, help get him off planet with, like, originally back in, like, episode two or three or yeah. whatever. It's the first time we've seen him, I think, since then. And he's, like, just tell Marva, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm, I'm safe and all this stuff. I'll, I'll try to get back when I can. And just, like, you see it in his eyes. Like, this this guy who I don't even remember the name of or he's, like. Zan. Zan is, like. I don't, I don't know how to tell him right now. And yeah. just the way he says that without, like, straight up saying it is just uh, I, so good.
1: I love, too, like, we all, we keep talking about how great the writing is in this show and, like, how just airtight the dialogue is. But him being like, Cass, blah, blah, blah. He's like, stop saying my name. Cass, blah, blah, blah. Stop saying my name. Like, they say it a couple of times. And then he says, Cass, your mother's dead. And it's just, like, so it just hits perfectly. And I also love their commitment to the symbolism of him on the beach. Like, the same mm looking out at the horizon. Like we see later when he dies at the end of rogue one, but even before this, when we, we, in earlier in the season, we see as he's like about to go on the, the, the adventure that we saw him go on, Mm -hmm. there was another moment like this. And I just love that. It kind of is like every time an era of Cassian's life dies, he has this like horizon thing. And now his mother being, being dead.
2: Someone pointed out to like the, when he was a kid and Marva takes him on the ship and he wakes up on the ship with him. Um, he sees her and then it's like a, a, a br- shining like bright sun like right behind her and stuff as well so mm-hmm. it's like a mixture of the beach but then you see the sun kind of peeking yeah. through the clouds and stuff so yeah that was I uh just, yeah
0: i just love that anytime cassian's on a beach vacation planet some shit's gonna go wrong the yep. man can't have a day on the beach he
3: simply cannot
1: dude real I'm quick,
3: girlfriend back at the back in space miami
1: yeah i know so, oh, yeah speaking of space miami real quick Um, And or I've seen online Some people are saying that uh, They wish there was more aliens in this Because there is a lot of like Human characters Mm -hmm. Um, I love that the room that he sneaks into that he like hid the stuff there's just two aliens like just cuddling cuddling (laughs) on the bed it's like awesome like i just love they probably had some of
0: those greenies man (laughs) yeah they had
2: some of those i'm surprised no one found his stash after what i assume was like a couple months at that point like
0: it was up high it was on the highest shelf you you don't
2: think anybody else who's going to sleazy space miami is also trying to hide shit up there you know no
0: no barrett you have to get on a step stool
2: you Fair. certainly, nobody you could you find it. It me, was on you, a you, step Miami. you fucking got me there, Carboni.
3: <laughs> but Space Miami is also empty now. Yeah. The mm-hmm. whole Space Miami beach was completely I I, I wonder out. how
2: many people they arrested there just to be like, hey, we need more prison labor hands, you know?
0: or or evacuated because they didn't want people to find out about about the prison or any other number of things that like they were cracking down on this planet and things were things were clearly going south and they were incarcerating as many people as they could uh but i do love this this final conversation between cassian and and melshi uh where melshi like from go in the prison was like nobody knows nobody cares nobody understands and everybody's like shut up shut up shut up and then he gets out of prison he's like oh no clearly nobody knows and nobody cares yep. and he's already dialed in i think he's Melshi is already ready for the rebellion and i think cassian is still he's he, still on the fence
2: he's getting there but yeah he's he's not quite there yet
3: which is weird because he's been in this fight since he was five yeah there i think go. i think the thing is it's gonna
0: take it's gonna take him a while to realize that that's the fight. He does not want to be part of the fight. Mm. He wants to run away and be left alone.
2: And oh, he's still, still there. See, and, and now that we're like, we have to like always because it's Star Wars retroactively, like, uh, you know, give different context to to uh, things that might not line up in canon. I feel like and now that scene reads to me is like he was just trying to make a point <laughs> in Rogue One, and so he kind of like well, maybe cheats the numbers a little bit on like how long he's he, actually been in this fight.
3: For sure, you want to talk about since I was five, like five years. <laughs> but if you
0: want to talk about it, like about being part of the fight. When you go back, I think the whole point of this show is Cassian's always been part of the fight, whether he wanted to be or not, and Mm -hmm. he only realized it a few years before Rogue One. When he says he's in the fight, I honestly took that as, when you look at those kids that are living alone, Lord of the Flies style, because of this mining operation, which is made to look exactly like a photo of a lithium mine, which is displacing people uh, in, in South America and Africa right now. It's destroying communities i think what cassian comes to realize maybe after he joins the rebellion is the empire has always been crushing him and he has always been trying to live his life his way regardless uh and that is the fight that he's been a part of he's always been actively against them whether he knew it or not um,
3: like everybody else
2: and that just that makes him a, a even more of a better foil to um Jen UrsO, and now it's just like now I want this t- same treatment for Jen Erso to make me actually care about her character a little bit, you know, and give impossible. give more context to, to everything that happens impossible. to her. In Rogue. Well, like we thought it was I impossible agree. with Andor, and then they did no, this Andor true. show, and it fucking kicks You're ass. Right. Like, give me give me a young teenage Jen UrsO show where she has to I... deal with Saw Gerrera, you know. I didn't think it was impossible. <laughs> I was—I didn't think it was impossible. All right, all a gin or so show is
0: is is a little tougher because you're right. The timeline is much more compressed. Yep. Um, and there are harder things to do. Although, I mean. Watching her train with Partisans for a while would be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. I think she
3: can pop up in another show, but I don't want a whole Jen Erso show.
2: That's fair. That's totally
3: fair.
0: I want a Bix show, and I want Jen Erso to pop up in that
2: somehow. That would be cool. I like that. That would be cool. And then uh, the last thing, speaking of timeline stuff, of course, we have to remember, like, stuff's happening around the same time as Rebels. Yep. And we know, like, <clears throat> Rebels, like, uh, it's not, I think, until the end of season one of Rebels, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where that's when we kind of fully see, like, the cells come together and start to fight alongside each other. So I'm just really mm-hmm. interested to see uh, when we're talking about, like, how, how quickly is this stuff gonna crumble beneath Moth's uh, feet and stuff like that? And where they have to like full on like uh, mask off fight against the the Empire and stuff like that? Like how soon is that? And, and, and like yeah. we get some some crossover there a little bit maybe? Oh, who knows? We um, will.
0: Yeah, this is this has been very interesting, and I I love once again with every episode they've been picking the right people to. Uh, to direct and to uh, be DPs. This one was Benjamin Karen, who is another director that they pulled from The Crown. They're people from uh, from Netflix, and particularly from The Crown. And I feel like that stuff works really well because The Crown is such a slow, tense show that it really makes all of these inter-character scenes pop. And then Damian Garcia, who shot this episode, uh, has shot, shot the majority of Narcos Mexico for mm. Netflix, Ooh. which is another incredibly beautiful show. I've, I've only ever seen
2: Netflix trailers, Mexico. but every time I see any of those trailers, I'm like, fuck, this is well shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, quick go.
2: thing. I hope we get Hera and or mm-hmm. and, and or. or our big blue boy next week. I hope I hope my heart of hearts.
0: It's too early. I Even if there. he's coming. <laughs> Even if he's coming, it's too early right now. Right now, all of the bad guys are so, I don't don't think he needs to be, I
2: I don't think he needs to be a a main thing, but just as like an introduction, just a little bit as a live action thing, just to get people like mentally prepared of like
1: where Ahsoka is going to go. I I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think that Disney and Star Wars have this perfect storm right now with this show. That if Andor had a post-credit tease of something like Thrawn, I think that could be the final nail in the coffin for the people that aren't watching this show, based on word of mouth, to be like, okay, now I need to watch this show. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Okay. okay. Do you think it's gonna happen, Sage?
3: No, not not this season. It could happen next season. is is the only hope. But they're not sliding that into a into a finale this this show has already been so big that it feels like if they're following any kind of patterns they have been so far that like they've gone big and this story has so much to to hinge like there's such a big point that we're coming to i can't imagine being like yeah we're doing the funeral everybody for every different reason is looking for cassian and oh hey thrones here too
0: <laughs> i i feel like if we're getting thrown on disney plus it's more likely to be in the ahsoka show or the acolyte Uh, I don't think this is the show where we get Thrawn. And and again,
2: for my theory, it's not like, oh, he becomes the main villain. He's a main character now. But just as like a a little tease of just like to give some people who like refuse to watch the animated stuff to just give some context of who this guy was before everything went to shit for the Empire. Um, and, you've and, and like wolf I, I
0: you got wolf you
2: you're so you you're never happy I'm oh, I just saying like I could see it just being like uh what we kind of wanted for um uh CG character in Rogue one why am I blanking on his uh character name who's part of the Empire and they should Borg have just, not Borgullet. Not it uh Tarkins, <laughs> thing Tarkin, thank, uh, thank you um where we kind of wanted a little bit more of like Maybe not full on shots of his face and like a little more just like teasing that he's there. I could see that for Thrawn of just like a quick conversation with Dedra, you know, just something quick. But that's all, and that's all I personally need. And I like, I w- personally wouldn't even want anything bigger than that if we were to get it in and or either next week or season two.
1: I bet we get yeah. a, a, something big next episode to like, get, just build the hype for season two, because we know season two is happening because we know the show is a two and done. Like it's all set up. Yeah. I think that they're going to be like, no, let's have the fun with this. Cause people are going to be rewatching the show or watching it for the first time, binging it for the first time, all of that. I don't know if it's going to be thrown, but I bet we get a post-credit scene and I bet it's going to be a banger. I don't know what it's going to be, but we'll see next. We're It could be Borgullet. It could be, let us know in the comments below, if you think there's going to be a post-credit scene or anything, if there's going to be any of that, I'm not saying it needs it. I'm saying, I think it'll be there. Um, but remember you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just like the rest of our, the final Patreon producers, we have Ryan Anderson, Kenny Kimble, Eric Velasquez, Ivan quiz, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Gradle, mama, Mur, Al tribesman, the predator, Jacob Meyer, Stefan striker, Gordon McGuire, Burt Meg. Or Meg, Jason L, James Davis, <laughs> nanobiologist, Aero Joe, DJ Kento, Ryan T from Tennessee, Derek Gehrig, Donald Echols, Short Short 6 Derek Jordan Gehrig. Harrison, and Sean Veloric. Thank you all so very much. Anthony and Sage, where can people find you?
0: Oh, my stars and garters, thank you for asking. You can find me everywhere on the internet at acarboni, except for on Twitch, where I'm at Anthony Carboni. Twitchy cowards, it's mine. Give it back to me. Uh, I ran a poll I said I would only buy and play one of these games. It would either be God of War Ragnarok or Sonic Frontiers. And it looks like God of War Ragnarok won out. Wow. And so today I voted, at 5 I voted PM, for
2: Ragnarok because I wanted you to play a good game.
0: <laughs> today at 5, people did not want to see the chaos. They wanted to see me play a chaos good Emeralds. game. Uh, so 5 p.m., me and God of War Ragnarok. So, yeah. so check that out. And then, of course... Monday Wednesday Friday at 8 a.m me and Sage you can watch on pixel Circus twitch.tv slash pixel Circus for it's too early our morning uh pop culture news show listen I know there are other pop culture news show I know there are some of them that are on this very channel but here's what I'll tell you we're the only one you need to watch whoa
1: it's a fact everybody whoa. that's fair that's fair pixel Circus, check it out <laughs> Sage, What about you? Uh,
3: I voted for the Sonic game because I <laughs> hate chaos. goodness uh you can find me everywhere on the internet at not sage uh you can find me on my channel and also on pixel circus with anthony and with a bunch of other stuff because that's the channel i made so follow that
1: <laughs> hell yes until next time may the force be with you boys <laughs> hell yeah y'all